All right, welcome to the CrossFit Grandview podcast. This is podcast number 39. And today, me and our coach Brad Wilson are gonna be talking about CrossFit and sports performance and how they relate. So first thing I wanna do is introduce Brad. Brad's been coaching with us for, what, about four months now? Yeah, right around four months. Like so it. he's been mm -hmm. coaching Power Hour, intros, some CrossFit. You'll see him in the level two class training. Um, I was really excited to bring Brad on this podcast and just talk about CrossFit and sports performance. Brad, um, as far as our coaches go, has played the highest level of professional sports of any of our staff. So I was really excited to kind of have him on here. Um, what I'm gonna do is kind of turn this over to Brad, allow him to introduce himself and kind of dive into a sports background before we start kind of just chopping it up on this topic. So Brad, go ahead and just introduce yourself and, and kind of let us know your, your background. Yeah, I appreciate it, Brandon. So uh, like Brad said, my name is Brad Wilson. I, uh, I'm a coach here at CrossFit Grandview. I started here about four months ago, but before that, I actually played professional baseball. You know, to give you a little bit of background, I'm here, I'm from around Columbus area. Grew up playing the three big sports, you know, football, basketball, baseball, but probably right around the early middle school, early high school area is kind of when baseball started. It seemed like it started to climb the ladder a little bit for me. And um, with baseball, a lot of people seem to see, think that baseball is a very slow, very unathletic sport. But what I want to talk about today is how there is so much beauty in the movement of baseball and how it relates to CrossFit too. But um, out of high school, I went to Ohio Dominican University, played three years of baseball there ended up at, with the Toronto Blue Jays organization, played with them for a few years. Right around the time that COVID happened, I ended up retiring, decided to dive into my love for movement in the form of CrossFit, joined uh, CrossFit Grandview, got a certification, and here we are today, moving around talking about CrossFit. So Brad, <clears throat> one thing I just wanted to kind of dive into, because I think it'll relate well later on in this is, so just as far as like strength and conditioning, um, working out to supplement sports performance. What's your history in that? Like, when did you start maybe going into the weight room? What types of things did they have you do early on? And then how did it progress through, say, middle school, high school, mm -hmm. college, professionals? Because I don't, I don't have a lot of insight yeah. as to what Yeah, no, like. so yeah. I, I started out the gym the same way everybody does. You know, the bro workout. Go hit chest, squats, curls, sure. same thing. Early middle school, maybe around 13, 14 years old. Uh, as I got into high school, you get some strength coaches who kind of have a little bit of knowledge about the movement of the body and how to train well, but you still get very minimal actual knowledge on the aspect of training with efficiency. So it was a lot of doing heavy squats, heavy deadlifts, trying to move fast, being powerful, and being quick, and being efficient with your movements. Got into college, then you start to get a little bit more knowledge around the subject, so you start to train bilaterally. You start to train in all planes of movement, both frontal, mid-sagittal, and transverse planes. You start to train rotationally. You start to train in aspects that result in faster movements and faster uh, muscle contractions as opposed to just pure muscle output. And then I got to pro ball, and everything kind of took like a everything took like a 180. It was super weird. It was like everything that I knew about training was thrown out the window. They, we got there and they broke us down to very minimal abilities and movements, lunges, push-ups, things like that, getting back to the basics. And they basically told us that you need to not worry about anything you've ever done before, listen to us, and 
what we did was we started at ground zero, simple movements like that, built all the way up into Olympic lifts, some gymnastics and forms of pull-ups, and other monostructural movements like burpees and things like that, because they put a heavy emphasis on being able to move your body well before you move other objects well. Yep. So it was it was literally like I got, I felt like I was strong as I'll get out fast, powerful, and then they told me, you're going back to square one. Start the air squat, yep. push it. like our elements kind of like. Exactly, that's exactly it. what cool. it was. You rebuild from the ground up in pro ball. I like that though. That's smart because they don't know what they're getting yeah, with exactly. everyone. I mean, they're getting, you know, people from other countries who don't have, you know, strength and conditioning oh, backgrounds. That's a smart way to do it, or even just people who have built bad habits and yeah. patterns, and you know they're investing millions of dollars into you guys. So, you know, they want they don't you know want you to build bad habits and things like yeah. that. Did you do when did you start doing maybe did you do sports specific like shoulder care routines? And oh things yeah, like so that, that kind of picks up around college. But I've okay. always been I've always had a little bit of a gifted arm, so I didn't yeah. necessarily take it too seriously until I got to Pro Bowl. Yep. Then you put all your focus on there because that's your livelihood. You know what I mean? That's If that goes down, you're done. You're, yep. you're out the door. So we started spending lots of time on not only maintenance, but strengthening and flexibility work as well too. Yeah. I mean, it was it was every day, multiple hours a day. Did, um, did they separate what they did strength and conditioning wise at the pro level by positions? Like would pitchers do something different than the infielders or the outfielders or so honestly, it was actually pretty similar across the board. Obviously, pitchers are going to spend more time yep. with arm care. Outfielders are going to work a little bit more in short bursts of speed, you know, that type 2B muscle fiber sure. quick reaction. Um, catchers are going to work heavily on mobility. You know what I mean? They're yep. sitting in full squat. Everyone has their little caveats, but the basis is to move fast, be powerful, and be efficient with the movement. So all, overall training programs were super similar. Mm -hmm. Accessory work is where you got your money. Gotcha, gotcha. Where they kind of separated yep. the stuff. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And I mean, and honestly, in, in a lot of sports, especially explosive sports like baseball, football, um, it, by position, yeah, you'll have like small things, but people generally just need to be very strong yeah. and fit. And, and I think that's a good segue into um, what I wanted to talk about is just doing CrossFit as a supplement for other sports. And we'll talk about that in a few different ways, but you know, the overall aim of CrossFit is increasing work capacity over broad time and modal domain. So basically just getting better at everything. Yeah. You know, running, rowing, weightlifting, gymnastics, um, and everything sort of in between. Solid baselines that. across the board. Yes. And, and if you really look at it that way, you can't, you can't get mad at it. Uh, I think a lot of people want to get too sports specific with things. And then what happens is you, you build a lot of, uh, a lot of deficiencies. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you'll be imbalanced. You'll have some muscle groups that just haven't came up. Mm -hmm. You'll create injuries that way. So a good GPP program, it doesn't matter what sport you're in, um, I think everyone needs that, especially in the off season. Mm -hmm. And that's what, it kind of brings me, like the first little note I have is just off season. And I, when I started just coaching strength and conditioning uh, back in 2007, myself, Graham, uh, Ralph, all these guys, we worked at a place called Sport Fit, which in a lot of ways, 
um, was one of the big things that launched CrossFit in, in Columbus in general. Um, a lot of like the gyms and stuff you see around here kind of came off that place. Uh, but what we were doing is trying to um, train high school athletes of all different types of sports. And we created a program. The longer we were in it, the more it looked like CrossFit until it just turned into CrossFit. But what we really figured out, it didn't matter what sport, we'd, we'd have baseball players and football players all working out together. And with this kind of competitive, like part of CrossFit is it's a sport itself. So it gets people really engaged and they like it and they get more compliant. Yeah. We can get you know into the minutia of like the mm. programming and everything. Yeah. But the way that it's set up, and, and I've seen you latch onto it that way, coming from a sports background, like mm. you got into like that level two class yeah. that's kind of competitive, and mm -hmm. you're, you're, I mean, you're just, you're addicted to it. Mm -hmm. You get these kids and these guys training in the off season, and they find something they love and they're really passionate about, yeah. and they get addicted to fitness. Like these kids would come out of, um, you know, training with us for three or four months and go into their sport and they'd got super into like, you know, beefing up their numbers on their deadlift mm -hmm. and bench and like they're running and like they thought it was cool to like lay on the ground and be tired. They had such a competitive advantage when they would go into like, yeah. you know, it'd be kids who were like, maybe wouldn't make their team. I mean, and then all of a sudden they're starting, you know? I mean, yeah. it was so cool. I've, to me, I've never seen, especially with, with younger guys, uh, an off season program that that built athletes. I'm just thinking of like, you know, if they're like doing, you know, slow drills like this yeah. and walking, like that is so boring for, yeah. um, you know, a 13 year old dude, yeah, exactly. you know, playing a sport. So um, I know you didn't get to experience much of, did you work out at Ralph's a little bit? Uh, I don't think I ever did, no. I, well, did you I worked do baseball out. lessons there? I did, yeah. Okay. Okay. We did that. We did our baseball lessons with Graham in the summers over in New Albany. Gotcha. Gotcha. You didn't get to do too we many. We didn't of the do workouts. CrossFit workouts. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. We did a lot of that with some of the Gahanna players, but yeah. I just saw kids and athletes. And we we worked with some college athletes take off like you've never seen. Um, it it was really cool. So off season, I mean for any sport, you know, you're working on the ten physical skills. Uh, your cardiorespiratory endurance, stamina, strength, flexibility, power, coordination, agility, balance, accuracy. You're working all these skills. So when you get into like your preseason conditioning for that sport, you are, you know, light years ahead of, of the rest of the crowd. Um, what I think is really cool is you're going to, you're going to work out like, say you are um, even like a baseball player. They'll tell you to stay away from your shoulders a yeah. lot. They'll try to avoid that. Mm -hmm. But if you can do it in a safe manner and you're not being crazy with the yeah. athletes, they're going to go in there with a really strong yeah. shoulder girdle that's going to be protected yeah. and not babied. I spent, I sp and I'll admit to it 100% hand to God that I swore against CrossFit for the longest time. And I told you this sure. when I started working here. I was like, oh, it's horrible to put that much weight over your head. It's horrible to move your body with that much weight in different positions. And I'm telling you, if I had CrossFit in my life seven years ago when I first started playing baseball, uh, it would have made a huge difference. Yeah. Because my body has, ne I'll, when I finished playing pro ball, I was like, oh, I'm in the best shape of my life. Great athlete. I am truly in the best shape of my life and probably more than I ever will be in my entire life right now. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can see it. Like, the transformation mm-hmm. you've made here, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, I know, I, like, I have an example that <sighs> transferring from CrossFit into a new sport, and I remember it's uh, jiu-jitsu, so you're, mm-hmm. like, wrestling and stuff. And um, there's a position called the guard where um, I was on top. I was in someone's um, guard, and so their legs are wrapped around me, and typically what they want to do is break your posture so they'll pull you down into them, and if you're close to them, they can roll you. It's called a sweep, they'll like roll yeah. you and get on top of you, things like that. But at the time I had, you know, mid to upper 400s deadlift, mm-hmm. and the guy is trying to one arm pull me down and break my posture, and he's, he's not a huge guy, and he's trying to do that, and he's, you could tell he was used to just like pulling someone down. My back's just locked yeah. in. And I remember I just stood up, and he literally like lifted, hoisted off the mm-hmm. ground. And I didn't, I, it was new to it. I didn't even know what I was doing. And they're like, wow, you have a really strong back. And it was like some little things like that yeah. that is just like a capacity that CrossFit would give you that say if you were just like jogging and doing push-ups mm-hmm. or something, or even benching and doing a traditional weightlifting program like at a gym um, on machines, you wouldn't have a back yeah. that was locked in yeah. that way. General readiness. For yes. Yes. Um, so the next thing I want to kind of get into is is applying it to specific examples. Um, ones I'm most familiar with, and then we can get kind of theoretical with some of yeah. it. I think would be kind of fun. So things I'm most familiar with, first and foremost, and a lot of the people who are listening to this podcast, it's it's just training for CrossFit competition. In the first five six years I was into CrossFit. I was personally really into training for the competitive side of it, um, trying to make regionals or make a team or go to the games and, and do things like that. And you know, I wasn't the highest level CrossFit athlete, but I was trying, and that was my main focus. And what that training looked like, it was it was training biased toward the sport of CrossFit. So there was a little sports specificity, and we do that in, in level yeah. two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was five to six days a week. We did daily practice on highly technical skills. And what, what we were trying to do is, is get physically dominant across the board in that broad time modal domain. So we were, you know, hammering intervals to try and get yeah. like your row, like you were rowing to get to be a good rower. We were yeah. Olympic lifting to be good Olympic lifters. Not so much trying to get some capacity in those areas to excel outside of the sport. It was get so good at those areas that, you know, when they were tested inside that yeah. sport, you would excel and, and, and do well. Um, what we're talking about here is third wave, third wave adaptation. So you have first, second, and third. Um, these are really applied to running, but you can apply them to uh, the guy who who came up with these definitions applied them to running, but you can apply them to just skills and strength as well. First wave adaptation would be like, you know, the first time you get on a bench, the bar's all yeah. shaky. You're like, oh crap. Mm-hmm. And then that second wave, um, so then you straighten that out and then that's smooth and you can put some weight on it. That's your first wave adaptation. It's all neurological. Yeah, I was gonna say, that's a neural adaptation at first. Yeah. yeah, and you're not like getting stronger, really. You just like, lock the bar into place, you can put a little weight on it. Second wave adaptation would be like, 
Okay, you go from like, you know, doing a five by five bench at 135 to now you can do it at, you know, 205 or something. You know, now you've, you've gained significant capacity in that area, you're stronger, that is starting to look a lot better on in sports performance. Yeah. Third wave adaptation is we're doing power hour, we're doing a bunch of, you know, Williams presses, extension, yeah. Williams extensions, you know, press downs. We may even get like a slingshot shirt every once in yeah. a while, future bench. And now we can, you know, we can put three wheels on that thing and we can do a competition bench where we're pausing with 335 and pressing it out and we're doing a powerlifting competition. That's a third wave yeah. adaptation. That's what we're looking for in CrossFit competition. That doesn't apply necessarily to just like sports. Like going from, you know, 20 kipping pull-ups to 70 isn't gonna like improve your baseball performance the same way going from five to 25 yeah. will. So that's what I'm kind of talking about mm -hmm. when, I, yeah. when I'm like discussing that. Um, but the ones, the ones I really want to kind of get into and, and just see what your thought is, is more of using CrossFit as a base for training for other sports. So the ones I really have, what I've really, I'd say more like the last eight years, um, I'm more like an adult weekend warrior. And so I'll do, I'll come up with like a goal or an event, maybe a couple months out and then six weeks out, I'll start like a lead up. And all it looks like is it's four days of CrossFit. Um, I'll typically do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, take Thursday off and do Friday. And then one day of sports specific training on Saturday. So I've done the pump and run, I think three times at the Arnold. So that would be like Saturday, I would bench, maybe do like power hour class or bench. And then we would do a running workout. And yeah. we've done groups and stuff like that. Summer shred is an example. We'll do a test of 5K, do a bunch of running workouts and then test a 5K at the end. Um, and then even the open, how I've done it, I've, I've applied this to just the CrossFit open for me. This isn't like high level open stuff. This is like, right, it's like quarterfinal level. The last four opens I did, um, I was right in that quarterfinal level of it. Um, but what I would do is, uh, you know, the four days of CrossFit and then Saturdays, it was just how we programmed the, the, the classes anyways. Saturdays would be an open retest. Yeah. So I'd do an open retest and then I'd maybe handstand walk or hit some extra ring muscle ups. And then I'd be prepped to perform the open workouts prescribed. Um, this is great for recreational athletes. Yeah. This will not, I, I love this for adults who wanna like, especially sports I think that are, are very related to CrossFit, like running 5Ks. Mm -hmm. uh, if, even if you wanted to do like an Olympic weightlifting meet, mm -hmm. I think you could do CrossFit four days a week and then Saturdays you just snatch and clean and jerk yeah. and do that for six weeks and you could perform, you know, well enough to not embarrass yourself at an Olympic weightlifting meet. I haven't tried that yet. It's mm -hmm. something I do want to try. Um, but that's, you're not going to win stuff that yeah. way. You're not going to like, I haven't won 5Ks doing that. I haven't won, I haven't, you know, 
been in the top five at the pump and run or anything, um, I can participate and, mm -hmm. and not make an asshole out of myself. Yeah. Um, what that does is that gives you a baseline that you can truly do. You can you could run this program. And then if, even if you switched your Saturdays every four weeks to like, oh, I want to do some arm care for the next four weeks, mm -hmm. you could go play in a softball game and yep. you're going you're gonna to move well. You could do some footwork drills you're gonna, and some footwork and handwork drills. Yep. You're going to be able to do move like a boxer, like you have been trained. Mm -hmm. You're going to have a good physical basis and then the skills get added on that fifth day of training. Yep. Yep. I love this. This is like my favorite. This is what I think actually most people who are listening to this could really could really use. Um, now, that being said, you have to do a CrossFit program, and it does vary a little bit, that's pretty unbiased and really balanced. So what those four days might look like is two mixed modal workouts. So that would be like one that might be a couplet, another that might be a triplet. Um, you know, most of those being typically in that 12 to 15 minute range. Occasionally you'll get that short burner. Occasionally you'll get that real long grinding one that's 30 to 40 minutes. Um, one workout that is an interval based one, so hard rowing or, or running intervals, and then one that's more of just a really focused weightlifting based one. If all of these workouts are, I'll call them, 2012 CrossFit Games-esque training, which a lot of affiliates still kind of plan their workouts. It's gonna be yeah. like a full strength and then a full Metcon, similar to level two, but like a watered down level two style workout. Um, those don't, you're, you're gonna be banged up and I don't think you'll have a lot left on Saturday for that. I think if you do this very well-rounded style of CrossFit, mm -hmm. it really works well when then you go into that um, sports performance day, which should be your big day yeah. every week. Um, so now what I want to kind of get into is more like hypothetical stuff. Yeah. So preseason, in-season, um, CrossFit, now, it was pretty big in a lot of pro sports. A lot of colleges were starting to really use it more in like 2012, 13, 14. I know like the Saints were doing it. Yeah. Um, I remember, you know, the college that, that Froning was uh, strength and conditioning coach, Tennessee Tech, I think. Yeah. You know, they were all, they were doing mm -hmm. CrossFit um, there. I haven't heard as much about it applied to like collegiate sports professional sports, when I do see what they do in, in the training room, a lot it more and more resembles CrossFit. Mm -hmm. But I haven't heard anyone like saying this is a CrossFit Yeah, we do CrossFit for our workouts. Yeah. As much. Um, but I think that's one of those stigmas that, like if a strength coach were to say, oh, we do CrossFit, that's not going to ring well with people. So they're going to use the movements and the styles of training of it, but they're not going to call it CrossFit. Yep. Especially if someone gets hurt, then they'll say it was. Yeah, oh, it was CrossFit. No, now we can't. And ever, I mean, people get hurt in training. Yeah, you know? in general. Um, so I have less experience now at this point, especially in like a full sports season, applying this, especially at higher levels. Um, but I'm just going to kind of go through what I would I would 
do as a theoretical approach. Um, as a season or an event would approach, you would start replacing CrossFit sessions more and more with your sports-specific practice or and or games. Again, I think just hammering a very good general CrossFit-based program in the off-season is the best way anyone can spend an off-season. Um, be considerate of not getting hurt if you're a high-level athlete and you make money at your sport. Mm -hmm. They did a, a really cool documentary, and you can look it up on YouTube. It's just called Guerrero. It's on CrossFit, and it's uh, Dave Castro takes Robert Guerrero, who was a really high-level boxer, um, uh, a world champion, actually fought Floyd Mayweather um, back in probably around 2009. Uh, lost a decision, but a really high-level uh, boxer. He takes him pretty close to after that, right after that fight, and they just do nothing but just pure, like, dot-com style CrossFit, mm -hmm. and just show, like, where he really lacked capacity, yeah. and how it really made him just feel overall stronger and better as an athlete. Um, but what he was doing is he was gonna get ready for a fight, and you could see, like, they were gonna stop the CrossFit. Yeah. I think there's a bit of a period where you can maintain more of your CrossFit capacity and slowly drip that out. So you're starting to ease back into your sport. Maybe you're doing two sport-specific days and then three CrossFit days. Yeah. And then you're doing four sport-specific days and then two CrossFit days. And then you're just going full sport-specific yeah. after that. Um, and even though, like, when you say it's full sports-specific, I want people to know that, like, even the most basic forms of sports-specific training is still derived out of a lot of CrossFit movements, too. Like, when you go into in-season and you're just trying to maintain, yep. you're doing a lot of single-leg squats, single-leg lunges, things yep. like that. That falls back to pistols and front-rack lunges. Yep. And they're all still the same movements. You're just not taking the the uh, capacity to such a high level yep. anymore. So you're falling on the same movements and the same concepts just at a more sustainable level while working on the skills of your sport-specific points more. Yes, yes. Um, I'm just thinking in my mind too, almost like you're going into training camp for you know, spring training or, or whatever yeah. it would be and you're just starting to phase that out mm -hmm. slowly. And you're there running you on sprints and you're doing yeah. calisthenics and all of that type of stuff. Um, in season, so just when people are training in season, uh, you wanna prioritize um, your sports practice or game first. So yeah. one thing, and, and I just saw a post, it was, again, I like I love boxing, so this guy, he made a, a good post, it was always like, you know, it's always like Rocky or everything, everyone's getting up at like four o'clock in the morning to start their running and he's like, Look, I actually didn't like to do that. This guy like boxed in the Olympics. He was like, um, I actually like to do my sparring and fight training first thing. Mm -hmm. Like he's like, and it was more like 11 a.m. and I got a full yeah. night of rest. Mm -hmm. I got eight nine hours of sleep, and then. I would do some extra conditioning in the evening, but it was to supplement that. I had gone all out in my yeah. actual sports-specific training, and I was like, thank you for saying that. <clears throat> because I think so many times everyone gets in this thought process like, 
you know, they have to get up and do this hard conditioning first and then try and practice their sport. And then they're just like, you know, going through the motions because they're exhausted. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I just put a note like, yeah. personally, I would prioritize your sports practice oh, or yeah, game. And then your CrossFit could be performed post-practice or game. Um, you know, you could do like a moderate yeah. Metcon or, or something. What like I was going to throw out is that during season, at least for us at baseball at high level, we always tried to train at a minimal but efficient level. You okay. Small, sustainable levels of training, but consistent. And they always fell back onto basic movements. That way you had the ability and the energy level. I mean, baseball is a 160 game season. If you're out there put, rubbing your face against the wall every workout, you're not gonna make the whole season. So you'd be yep. minimal, minimal, but still efficient across the whole time period. Would you guys lift during a season like yeah, that? Yeah, we would lift, but I would season? say load percentage never gets more than about 60%. Okay. We're focusing on moving efficiently while keeping power up. Maybe we have some uh, variable resistance like bands and stuff like that, like yep. we do in Power Hour. Yep. But it's, you're, never, you're never getting to that, that dark spot like yep. you do yep. in some CrossFit workouts. That makes sense. Um, what I would say too, like in season, less explosive and conflicting movements. Mm -hmm. Like, like if you were in season, I wouldn't probably have you do like yesterday's push yeah, workout no. <laughs> when you were playing yeah, as no. well. No, like no, that no, just no. wouldn't be a workout you would do. Mm -hmm. Like explosive push jerks, moderate intensity on Metcon. So everything you're just kind of saying. Um, prioritize GPP mm -hmm. and health. Yeah. Strength maintenance rather than yeah. building. All the training is done with efficiency over the whole season in mind. Because anybody can yeah. go out and blow their back out for one workout, but to be able to work out every single day and still maintain your performance on the field or on the mat or in the gym, that's the important part. That's yeah. the hard part. Yeah. Um, I think I think what CrossFit really does in, in a way too, if people do this, you have especially if you've done really hard aggressive crossfit it gives you a, a mental edge in sports because yeah. you you're going to be tougher you know? yeah well yeah if you're if you're used to racing someone who's super fast you're getting in there and you're diving on the ground doing burpees and then like looking at the clock and then like falling over and you've done that you know a 50 times in the off season, then you get into a game and you're just more practiced at yeah. going into that like really dark hole or, or really yeah. like getting tired and you know, it doesn't matter what sport it is, extra innings or mm -hmm. you know, overtime in football yeah. or you know, you're gonna, you're, you're fine with that, yeah. you know? I just think it gives you a, a, yeah. a big edge. Um, to be honest, I think, that's, I think that's probably even, it's a bigger edge than the physical aspect because coming from just from the high level baseball, high level any sport, if you could pick any pro athlete, bring them in, they're gonna tell you the, the, the mental load of performing when all the lights are on yep. is unparalleled. You, can never, you can't mimic that anywhere else. When we will come in, work out, get that uh, competitiveness, that you can kind of get a taste of. You'll never feel the same as if you're on the field in front of 80,000 people and you have to make this next pitch. Yep. Now what CrossFit does, or at least it has for me mentally, is when you get to that dark place, we call it a dark place because you're so mentally exhausted that you literally just want to fall over and sleep. Yep. But what it does is it teaches you that it's okay to be mentally uncomfortable and once you're mentally uncomfortable and you can still perform there, everything else gets easier. The game slows down. The yeah. workout slows down in your mind. You're not freaking out, losing your mind. You're, 
Everything is slow mo. It's called, it's almost like a flow state. Everything yeah. becomes smooth and easy. And I, I like I said, if I had CrossFit seven years ago. I think I would still be playing Major League Baseball at the highest level because yep. CrossFit has taught me stuff that no strength coach could have ever taught me, even yeah. in pro ball. Yeah, I, I do. I think that mental aspect, that, like you said, is it's un- something, it's, it's something it's you, can't, you can't really replicate without yeah. turning your training into a bit of a sport. Yeah. You know? um, one thing that I was talking to Brad about that I want to get in here on this podcast that uh, people would never think, and another reason I wanted to bring him in here is I, I was talking to him a um, couple months ago, and I was like, Brad, I'm like, baseball players, uh, from what I've seen, now this is on the male side because mm-hmm. females don't, don't play baseball specifically, um, have been historically the best CrossFit mm-hmm. athletes, and people would never think that, and I'm like, well, right, at least in my era. So right off the top of my head, I'm like, Graham, Rich, Froning, Ben Smith. That's three champions. So that's the most, mm-hmm. you know, that's the majority of the male champions right yeah. off the bat, or half of them, um, were baseball players. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then I, I was kind of asking you why you thought that. So I don't know, maybe you could, like, speak on that. Yeah. Like, why do you think... Mm-hmm baseball players yeah. are the best, make the mm-hmm. best CrossFit athletes. Because you wouldn't think, like, that's yeah. not the kind of capacity yeah, you no. have, you know? And before I even answer that, I'm gonna give more examples that broaden the field out of CrossFit. If you think about high-level two-sport athletes, compare them across the board, what is their second? Bo Jackson, football and baseball. Yep. Michael Jackson, basketball and baseball. Deion Sanders, baseball and football. Baseball is always yep. the sport that, ti- that tightens people into their other sports. And the easiest way to answer this is baseball is a sport heavily revolved around body awareness and body control. And you might call that athletic ability. Yes, but to be able to control your body in every aspect and every part of the motion, if your body is separated by any part in the kinetic chain, you are not gonna be good at baseball. Some people call it like the X factor. Like when guys go out there, they just, it looks effortless for them. Same in CrossFit, the highest level CrossFitters, it looks easy all the time because they control their body well. So that's why I believe that not only just in CrossFit, but baseball players adapt to all situations very well. And it's that hand-eye coordination, body awareness, and body control. There's a lot more examples people wouldn't even know, like Dave Winfield. Yep. Mm-hmm. He played he played all three sports in college, 20-year Hall of Famer. Danny Ainge, mm-hmm. who yeah. people might, you know. Or even you mentioned, like you see a video on TikTok of Mike Trout goes to the driving range at Topgolf and is hitting 500-yard bombs <laughs> over the top net. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. stuff like that happens all the time yeah. with baseball players. It is. It's the, I, I, when you told me that right before we did this podcast, I'm like, the body awareness, um, that makes sense because you have to have so much body awareness. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, for, for people watching this, uh, Brad learned uh, handstand walking and the ramp, I think, faster than anyone I've seen. Like, that's a really challenging skill for a lot mm-hmm. of people to, like, chip away. And, you know, you're four months into doing, like, yeah. CrossFit and, like, you know, you can do the handstand mm-hmm. ramp, you know, which was, like, a big evolution and just like yeah. the skill level they're asking yeah. you to do and in, in started like stringing together ring muscle ups I, it was like two and a half weeks in yeah so. yeah so like the body awareness thing mm-hmm. is is huge and like that's what I, I've seen like with um, Ben Smith like yeah they were having him run like zigzag cones and uh, I just remember watching him 
And he's not a guy that when you just look at him, like he looked like he would be the twitchiest, fastest runner. Yeah. And that dude, would, it was just poetry in motion yeah. watching this guy. Like All these other guys are like turning full things. big round turns and he's, <laughs> yeah. he's hitting corners and driving hard. It was incredible to watch that. Um, but no, I, I agree with you. Yeah. That's going to be controversial and there's going to be some comments like, on it. Come on, man. But I, yeah. Yeah. if you just look at the facts across the board, that's kind of the way it is. That was Graham and, and, and Ralph as well. Um, you know, Ralph... Ralph was a little older when he got into it, but from a skill standpoint, when we got into it, uh, the, the guy we trained under, Ralph Hicks, me and Graham Holmberg trained under uh, initially, he was a, a baseball player and a small one, like a Billy Wagner, like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, mm -hmm. pitcher, and he could do... Uh, he could jump up like onto like those punching bags with the top took off, like land on it, do pistols, walk on his hands, he could overhead squat 225, like the second he learned how to do the skill, mm -hmm. um, you know, legless L climbs, just from a baseball, yeah. that was his sport that he played, and it was like, whoa, yeah. you know, the coordination and body awareness he had, I've never seen anyone have that before, so. Yeah, I don't know why I wanted to just talk about that. No, I it's mean, just it's, something that I don't think anyone really knows. Like I said, that's gonna ruffle cool. some feathers, but yeah. I mean, it's, that's the way it is. It's, def it's definitely not like just pushing like brute capacity no. on a rower, but it's um, it and ends the, up being yeah. what is the hardest stuff to teach in CrossFit. Yeah. Like you can teach running intervals and rowing intervals mm -hmm. and things like that. It's really challenging to teach people to like, you move know, well. move really well and efficiently, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I don't know that we like completely, um, you know, conquered anything with the the podcast as far as like exactly how to apply CrossFit to um, to sports. But I think I think if you're watching this, you might have picked something up off of it. And then especially for the weekend warriors, I'm telling you that four days of CrossFit and that one big sports specific day works phenomenally well if you're really consistent with it and, yeah. and you do it and you do it the right way like you can get pretty dang good i always say you can get about 80 percent of the way there yeah which is good like at a recreational level mm -hmm. that's all you need to be you know yeah. you're not going to be a pro athlete or anything doing that but for most of us that's a great spot to be in and you can take on tons of challenges local competitions um, sprint triathlons, yeah. things like that. But it's gonna have you generally prepared. You're never gonna feel totally caught off guard by any tire, any style of training. You may not win every workout, yep. but you'll be your baselines will be good across the board. Absolutely. Well, guys, I think we're gonna wrap it up right there. I hope you guys enjoyed this, and uh, we'll try and keep cranking these out a little bit faster. It's, sorry, it's been a little while. Catch you on the next one. Thanks, guys.